This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. All Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone. A place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back, everyone. This is The X-Zone. I am Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network. Exxon Broadcast Network across Europe on Radio X and Euro Radio TV, and of course on iHeartRadio. If you would like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. And the main website for the Exxon Radio Show and the Exxon TV Show is exxonradiotv.com. Now, to find out about all the great programming we have available for you, 724 365. On the Exxon Broadcast Network, all you need to do is just type in, in your search engine, www.xzbn.net. My guest this hour, Exxon Nation, is world-famous hypnotist John, the Transmaster Sirbonne, who has hypnotized over 200,000 people, dropped strangers into a deep hypnotic trance in split seconds, thereby earning recognition from his peers as the fastest hypnotist alive. Well, that was a fast show, but I'm just kidding about you. Uh, John's <laughs> performed in Europe, the UK, universities, and all over the USA, and in clubs in New York City, Atlanta, and Las Vegas. He's appeared on MTV, Fox News, and on the East Coast and European radio stations. He is an internationally known best-selling author of his clinical hypnosis books, Hypnotic Scripts That Work, Volumes 1 and 2. John's specialized hypnosis instructional CDs will debut to celebrities and media at the Eco Emmys 2012, which was a couple of years ago, John. Yes, um, apparently that was a typo, so <laughs> sorry. <laughs> anyway, John, instead of me boring our listeners by me reading your bio, why don't you tell us about yourself in your own words? I'm a professional full-time hypnotist. I do everything from design clinical private sessions mm-hmm. To uh, corporate programs, I've worked with some Fortune 100 and 500 corporations. Um, I have also done stage shows from New York City to Atlantic City to Las Vegas, headlining and selling out rooms. Wow! I eat and breathe and sleep this stuff. I'm the creator, inventor, and developer of something called speed trance hypnosis. All that I've done in my career is to push hypnosis into a newer, smarter, more up-to-date 21st century version paradigm. So I constantly work to improve all areas, and I've been working at this now since the late 80s. I'm putting a little data myself, but I've been at this officially since the late 80s, and at this most of my life even prior to this. So I'm spending a lot of time working on improving all that we do. 
What was it uh, that that brought you to such a such a love for hypnosis? Well, when I was a little boy, my parents would say, "Go pick up your room," and I would lay down on the bed. I would deep breathe and kind of change my mental and energy vibe, mm-hmm. and then I'd clean up the room. So I didn't have the proverbial lead legs and sore back that most of the kids on my block growing up had when they had cleaned their room. Right. So from a very young age, I was doing this, and then for some reason, people even in grammar school years would seek me out when they were having a bad day. Not every day, certainly, and certainly not kids that sat right next to me in the room, but somehow there was this sort of healer vibe that I gave off, and kids would find me. And I began, even in grammar school, externalizing technique I was using on myself at home. And eventually, it was, you know, from running away from home and then in high school and college, running away or even suicide, possibly, Mm -hmm. in some cases, these kids were talking about. Oh, wow. what I began to do is I began to do this more and more often as it arose. Sometimes it was like every couple of days. Sometimes it was every couple of months. And eventually, as time went on, I began to externalize this in a way where I was working in corporations after college and motivating salespeople to reduce stress and to motivate them to sell, 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 sell. And it became a thing where eventually I took it outside the companies where I worked, and it became workshops. And at the end of one of my workshops called Personal Empowerment Meditation, um, what happened was a fellow walked up to me and said, I'm running a hypnosis school. You're one hell of a hypnotist. Come get trained. Come get certified. And that was the first of the certifications I have. Currently, between awards and certifications, I have about 46 of them at the moment. I'm also an, uh, an, an uh, instructor with the National Guild of Hypnotists. As of last April, that's 21 years they're the world's largest hypnosis organization. So I've been turning out other hypnotists for 21 years or more now. Wow. Listen, John, you and I have to take a commercial break. Please stand by. Exonation, my guest this hour, is the trance master himself, John Serbone. And uh, John and I will be back on the other side of this break discussing hypnosis and a lot more. If you'd like to find out more about John, he has a very, a very um, suitable website www.worldfamoushypnotist.com And uh, John Serbone and I will return on the other side of this break as we continue investigating the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology right here from the studios of Relmar McConnell Media Company in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. I am Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Thank you. 
Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Hello, I'm Pete Marsh. With my daughter Justina, we will be presenting the new radio show, Too Good to Be True. If something seems too good to be true, it usually is. But with the help of Justina's amazing gifts, we're going to gain insight into questions that don't yet have complete answers. Have you wondered who built Stonehenge and for what reason? Why are crop circles found in the same region as Stonehenge and elsewhere? Are crop circles a hoax or are they created with technologies that we have little knowledge of? Who built the pyramids in Egypt and also in other countries? How and why were they built? Was the Titanic switched with the Britannic as part of a gigantic insurance fraud or for more insidious reasons? What caused the Tunguska event when trees were flattened over an 800 square mile area in Siberia? Will the new insights be too good to be true? Well, that will depend on what you are prepared to believe. Please join us as we start on this journey together. For more information on Too Good To Be True, visit www.xzbn.net. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. Exonation John Serbone is our special guest. We're talking about hypnosis, his website, 
worldfamoushypnotist.com. John, what is the um, physiology behind hypnosis? How does it work? Each and every regular person slips in and out of hypnosis a minimum of seven times a day. I can give you some examples. Sure. You recall years ago when you were in school and perhaps you were dazing out the window and then the teacher would call on you and then maybe your silly friend would give you the incorrect answer intentionally and clutching at straws because you had no idea what was going on. Mm -hmm. You repeated the answer and the class would laugh and both of you got yelled at by the teacher and and you went back to business. That's a form of hypnosis because many of the teachers and many of them are doing wonderful jobs and really hardworking individuals, but some of them, you know, are not exactly the most scintillating human beings teaching the same lesson plan year after year. And occasionally it gets a little monotonous, at least in a few key classes I had. Many of the teachers I had were superlative great people, but a few of them had you hypnotized staring out the window. So consequently, most of us are hypnotized a lot more during the day than seven times that you know I teach my students about because we're under too much stress. Other times we're naturally hypnotized um, is watching the television. If you've ever laughed or cried in a movie or watched a martial arts or a boxing movie, male or female, and you feel your shoulders going when the good guy is beating up the bad guy. Or, you know, um, I remember seeing movies where they put a camera on the front of a roller coaster, and you're sitting there in the theater, and your head is going left and right and forward and back. That's all forms of hypnotism. Getting on an elevator, everybody else gets off, you get off with them, and then you realize you're on the wrong floor, and you're pressing the button not to be embarrassed. That's all forms of naturally occurring hypnosis. Driving a car. You may not know how you got there in the middle of your trip, we slip into something called highway hypnosis. Mm-hmm. So your brain, every human brain is designed to slip into hypnosis as sort of a stress release uh, valve type of thing. And as you go into hypnosis, the stress levels in your body and mind come down, and it actually keeps you mentally healthy. So every normal healthy person goes into hypnosis on a regular basis in and out. And my job as a hypnotist, and any hypnotist who's laying their cards on the table will tell you, that our job is to guide you into hypnosis, to guide you into that brainwave relaxation shift, into a place that causes hypnosis to happen. In that place, we're more open to possibilities. In that place, a hypnotist can deliver suggestions to an individual's subconscious mind. Think about how many TV ads we see, or even driving down a road, how many signs that are somewhere in the back of your mind that you're passing on the road, whether it's traffic signs or it's the sign on the front of a building for a business. We're reading thousands and thousands, tens of thousands, or hundreds of thousands of words a day, depending upon how much television we watch, how many books we look at, even if we just peripherally are looking in a library at titles, not to mention how many things we see on a road or around us on a regular basis, products that are on our tables for lunch, for dinner, for breakfast, that have labels and writing on them. We're reading all of this stuff. Your subconscious mind, anyone's subconscious mind, runs about 94% of their life. So what's dressing them, feeding them, driving the car, tying a shoelace, putting their shoes on or off, uh, feeding them, taking them to the restroom, anything we're doing automatically, buttoning a shirt, unbuttoning a shirt, all of that stuff is subconscious behavior. It's all stuff that we've learned. Mm -hmm. So most behavior people are stuck in when you're doing clinical hypnosis is a subconsciously based thing. And what a hypnotist does is we guide people into deep levels of hypnosis, or sometimes lighter levels of hypnosis, depending upon what the person we're working with is capable of at the moment we're working with them. And then from that, we deliver suggestions to get them to where they need to go. When we're doing a stage show, because I also do entertainment hypnosis, comedy hypnosis, about 25 years ago, 
many people at an event came up to me and said, you know, our organization isn't just about lectures. It's about doing fundraising events. We're doing something next year. Can you come in and do an entertainment show for us? And I hadn't had the training back then, so I took the training about 25 years ago. And since then, I've been making people laugh with hypnosis. So since we're working with the power of the mind in a hypnosis show, mine are in good taste. They treat everybody very carefully about, you know, carefully suggesting things not to shame, embarrass, or humiliate anybody. And in those shows, at the end of my shows, I always, always give them some kind of clinical hypnosis benefit. I tell them they've had a nine-hour nap, a seven-hour back-and-foot rub. They're on top of the world. They're living their dreams. Why not give them some benefit? But those shows, when I've done fundraising events, have raised hundreds of thousands of dollars in some cases to fight children's disease, cancer, other illnesses. So I've been doing the shows for all of that time also. And with a show, unlike a clinical session, they may be milking a cow. They may be riding a horse. They may be jumping out of a plane, even though they've never left the comfort of their chair. So it's used in different ways for different things. Further, I've created something called speed trance hypnosis. I have come up with a new paradigm shift in how to hypnotize people. In the past, there had been ways to hypnotize people pretty quickly, you know, seconds, 10 seconds, 20 seconds, 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. I've gotten technique down to fractions of a second. I've been wow. clocked as fast as one-fifth of a second. So I'm able to hypnotize people very, very quickly because... I understand the mechanics of how to get somebody into hypnosis. And once they're in there, it can be used for a wide variety of purposes. If a person's going into a, uh, an anxiety state on an airplane, that's happened quite a few times. And I say to them, I'm a hypnotist, can I help you? I put them right out, and for the whole flight, they're in hypnosis. When they land, I take them out, and they're happy. Um, other times, if it's an emergency, there was one time somebody I saw in the street got hit by a car, or they were riding a bicycle, and I slowed down... Um, their hyperventilation, calm them down so they didn't go into shock. And then from that, I uh, had them laughing every time there was a sense of pain in their body. So consequently, it can be used for emergency purposes as well. So it's not a cure-all, certainly, but it certainly does cover a lot of ground. Can everyone be hypnotized? Every mentally healthy person, every average normal person, goes in and out of hypnosis on a regular basis. So... Yes. The answer is yes. Everybody can be hypnotized. If they sit there and vehemently fight my direction or suggestions, like, you know, sit back, close your eyes and relax, and they're staring at me, mm -hmm. well, obviously they're resisting, and it's not a person I necessarily would want to work with. But the question would become, why do they want to resist? Perhaps they weren't educated as to what this is. Let's face it, in the movies and television, hypnosis, even stage plays, hypnosis has been used as a plot twist yes. for people who were unenlightened about hypnosis. Back in the 1900s, the two best-selling books in the world, or in the English-speaking world anyway, were um, Svengali, about an evil hypnotist, and Dracula, which was pretty much about hypno hypnosis as well. You know, think about it, Transylvania, the Count, mm -hmm. you know, look into my eyes. That's all kind of hypnotic stuff. So it kind of built up a lot of fear in people from a long time ago. And any hypnotist today is out there being an ambassador for the work we do. To go out there and do demonstrations, to go out there and speak to the public, to let them know the marvel of what we can do with hypnosis from getting a person to quit smoking or lose weight or reduce stress or sleep better or overcome a fear or survive a breakup or do better in school, which happened to me might be my top seven private sessions in my clinical practice. Those are the top seven things I work with on a regular basis. But I've certainly written a lot of other technique for a wide variety of other things. I've had doctors refer people to me over the years for things like uh, the emotions that trigger irritable bowel syndrome 
or other doctor referrals for people to pull their hair out of their head when they're wow. nervous. What about these uh, these claims about past life regression? What's your take on those? Well, if you believe in past lives, I certainly regressed a lot of people back to past lives or what they report to me to be past mm-hmm. lives. And if you don't believe in it, well, I'm not here to be evangelical about it and push one view or another on individuals. But I will tell you that there have been a great many people that I've worked with over the years that have reported a wide variety of interesting experiences to me. And there was a TV show back in the late 80s, I think it was, that was produced by Henry Winkler called Sightings. And on that show, they had an episode about a woman in Northern California who was a hypnotist who had a female client come in and was terrified of fire. And um, she was regressed, and in that, she was brought back to a life living outside Atlanta, Georgia, in the Civil War era of the United States. And she purported to be a man and stated her name as a man and the exact town she lived in and the year she was born. So the hypnotist thought to herself, according to the story, let me get her husband in here. And she said to the woman, don't reveal any of this. And the woman gave her word. And the husband came in and he purported to be a female in that life, married to this Mm. woman who is now his wife as a husband back in that life. Right. And, gave a name and a birth year in the town and all of this. And eventually she started to hypnotize more and more people in this town, basically to find out what was going on and got a lot of people living in this town outside of Atlanta, Georgia. None of them had ever been to Atlanta, Georgia. When somebody finally went there, the names of these people and their birth years were on the tombstones in the cemetery. And they purported other things at the time, including um, something that had been part of the Underground Railroad, which was some kind of a building. It had been a brothel, a hotel, a bar, this or that. And they claimed there was a secondary secret basement. And the historical society said, no way, that doesn't exist, until they excavated and found a second basement. Mm -hmm. So there's some interesting anecdotal evidence I've heard over the years that may or may not support this. I've had other people come in here that have asked me to help them gain abilities and talents they believe are connected to past lives. Um, in terms of, say, martial arts or musical ability. And apparently, if they were studying martial arts in this life and believed that they had something in the past connected to it, all of a sudden their technique seemed to improve dramatically. If it was a piano player, well, suddenly they were playing the piano better. So there's some interesting uh, evidence possibly existing in that area. But again, there are other people in your listening audience that have religious beliefs that conflict with that. And again, I'm not here to change anybody's mind. I'm just simply here to report what I've heard. There have been many sessions I've done on that. There was one lady I worked with quite a bit in New Jersey over the years, and um, she had reported to be some sort of a female shamanic healer Mm -hmm. in the American Indian past and had some amazing experiences uh, that she had described to me and all of this stuff back in the day I had recorded for her and gave her the recordings that she could listen to. I also have had people ask me to do future life progression. I had a gentleman come in here. He believed he should be able to write a series of seven books, and he wanted to know what the titles of these books were supposed to be. Not only did he give me the seven titles while in hypnosis, but I also took it a step further and asked him to describe the chapter titles in the first book, and he gave me all the chapter titles. And when the session was over, I provided him with the recording, and last I heard he was writing these books. Because in his mind, they're supposed to be. All right, I can understand the past life, but how do you create the future when the future hasn't been created yet? 
Well, from an Einsteinian model of physics, Einstein believed that all time was happening at once. We're just viewing it in a certain way. Now, whether or not this man's reality was such that he could do that or his reality was such that he couldn't do that and he just had these ideas in the back of his mm -hmm. mind, there's no way for me to know that. But if these books are coming to fruition, then I, perhaps he did glimpse into the future and see his own future. I, I can't tell you. All I know is that people have reported a wide variety of experiences to me while in hypnosis. And some of them have actually brought up the idea of having additional sessions with me mm -hmm. to see if they could find their name on a tombstone in some far-flung city somewhere. All right, listen, we've got to take our break for the news at the bottom of the hour. Stand by, Exo Nation. John Serbone is our special guest, and he has the title of The Trance Master. And uh, we'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. His website is www.worldfamoushypnotist.com. I'm Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And we come to you around the world Monday through Friday from 11 p.m. Eastern until 3 a.m. Eastern. Right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and iHeartRadio. Don't go away. are our personal gateways into infinite wisdom. Don't miss Shamanic Counselor and Indigenously Trained Dream Decoder Sandra Corcoran's inspiring book, Shamanic Awakening Between the Dark and the Daylight. This remarkable work chronicles Sandra's 35 years of experience with diverse wisdom keepers and her initiations throughout the Americas and across the British Isles, Turkey, Greece, and Egypt. Sandy's knowledge of symbology, psychology, and myth influenced her dream blog and workshops. Sandy offers private tarot readings, international journeys, a meditative CD, as well as her book, Shamanic Awakening, to encourage you as you navigate this earthwalk, creating a deeper connection to yourself and all that is. Find this and more at Sandy's website, StarwalkerVisions.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology Science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. 
Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Hello, I'm Justina Marsh, and with my dad, Pete, we are going to present a new show called Too Good to Be True. Together, we are aiming to discover more truths about this world and beyond. Do you have unanswered questions about the world? Do you ever wonder about aliens, conspiracy theories, or the universe? There are many shows discussing subjects such as pyramids or UFOs, but we want to relay this information based on our own research, including from spiritual means. Hopefully, listeners will be helped with their own beliefs and will appreciate the psychic insights that add to the previous research and information. We both look forward to sharing this insight and beginning this journey with our listeners. Visit xzbn.net for more information about when to listen. Explanation, uh, John Serbone is our special guest. His website is worldfamoushypnotist.com. Uh, how does, you know, like we were talking before about how you can help people quit smoking or lose weight and so on and so forth. How does that suggestion remain planted if in the person to the point where they actually, they actually achieve what they want to? Well, when you think about habits like smoking, smoking, you know, nicotine, most people misunderstand and they think of it as a drug. Actually, it's used industrially as an insecticide. Most people don't know that. But the reality is when something's going wrong in a smoker's life, for example, mm -hmm. they think, I better have a cigarette in order to calm down. I need a cigarette to refocus myself. So the habit is there, and it becomes a subconscious process. So they reach for the cigarette, they're halfway through the cigarette, and they're thinking, what did I just do to myself? I smoked again. How did this happen? Well, one of the things I've come up with is a wide variety of ideas in my third book, Power Hypnosis, to get people off cigarettes or anything else. Because, let's face it, if they never began smoking in the first place, then smoking cessation is easy. What if they quit smoking 35 years ago? Well, then smoking cessation is easy. So the idea is to get them to re-identify and do something else or re-identify and realize smoking is not who they are. Many people who smoke, for example, believe they are a smoker. That's part of their identity. And in reality, that's not really their identity. It's something they're doing to themselves. So their identity is so much more than what they're doing to themselves. 
So the idea is to empower the heroic aspect of themselves. If you've had a child that was potentially being run over by a car, you hear these stories about these elderly ladies lifting up a car off a grandchild. In that moment, nothing is going to stop them from what they have to do. Mm-hmm. Well, the idea is just to get the suggestion into someone's mind. And my take on suggestions is to make them self-adapting and self-reinforcing. What do I mean by self-readapting? When I first became trained as a hypnotist, suggestions were um, more or less static. You know, you do not smoke anymore. Instead, I have people re-identify themselves, smoke-free, cigarette-free, as if they began uh, smoking cessation issues taken care of and resolved 35 years ago. Or as if, say they began smoking at 16. I bring them back to the age of 14 and 15, where they make a solid, permanent, life-changing decision to remain smoke-free, cigarette-free. Anytime they're challenged, the heroic aspect of who they are rises to the top unbeatably. And as it rises to the top unbeatably, that heroic aspect is like a tidal wave overwhelming any challenge in their way. So a re-identification process can take place. Better choices take place. Better impulses become a better choice. So instead of reaching for the cigarette, they reach for a glass of water. Or they'll, if they're sitting down, they stand up. If they're standing up, they'll lay down. Mm-hmm. Whatever it takes to create a bit of a shift around them at the moment to make it reality. Because when you think about it, all life is suggestion. Every commercial is a suggestion. Every television or radio or any kind of a commercial you see, even on YouTube, when there's commercials, is a suggestion. Please buy our product. It's a great thing, whatever it might be. So the idea is to give them a better life-sustaining suggestion and have the suggestions working in their favor rather than against them. That's another technique that I use in my sessions all the time. The idea is that they become their own best friend. Many people I work with have an adversarial subconscious mind. For every yes, there's a no. For every no, there's I can't. Mm-hmm. Every I can't, it now becomes an I can. For every no, there's a yes, I can do better than this. And as you instill, and you understand where the no's come from, you have to instill this in the clients you work with. No's become a part of who we are from the time we're little kids. You see a little toddler running around the house. They're about to stick their finger in the socket in the wall. No. I'm sorry about that. No problem. But the parents are saying, no. You talk to a little kid who's a year and a half old. Are you feeling happy today? No. Mm-hmm. Well, are you going to have some fun today? No, because that's the word that they hear all the time. That sticks with us in a lot of cases. So people wind up shooting themselves in the foot. They think to themselves, well, for every, I'm going to step left this time instead of st- uh, stepping right. And they block themselves. I'm going to step backwards instead of forwards. They block themselves. I'm going to move forward beyond this. They block themselves. My job is to get them to unblock themselves and move forward into a place where they're feeling better about themselves. A side benefit to any hypnosis session is the fact that the brain goes into a more restful, stress-free state. Because of that, you can't really be stressed out and hypnotized at the same time. I love working with people who are having a hard time managing stress because when you work with a person who's who's got stress issues, they're so stress-free when you finish with them, they're just happy to be alive again. The same thing with a person who has sleeping issues. Once they put them into hypnosis, they feel like they've had a nine-hour nap and a seven-hour back-and-foot rub. How do I know that? Because I've suggested it. And once they suggest that, um, suddenly they're in a different place mentally. They're feeling better about themselves. I wrote a session, for example, some years back with a woman who had multiple sclerosis. And in that session, um, she had been uh, waking up in the middle of the night with these terrible muscle spasms. Yeah. And then having to take a hormone drug and then fall back to sleep. 
And what I was able to do is to get her to go back to sleep faster, deeper, easier, quicker, better, and dilate time. When you're asleep, you really don't know how long you're in bed for unless you look at a clock or a clock radio or a wristwatch or something and figure out what the time is. So I was telling her that she was getting less sleep and more time and she was better rested. And when I was finished with her, she was just so happy to be so the opposite of what she was when she came in. But I've also seen this work for even children. I've done demonstrations and I've done shows with kids, for example, that have autism. And when you hypnotize an autistic child, many cases, the situation simmers down, but they come down to a more stress-free state. I've even trained some parents who have autistic children to use hypnosis on their kids. And the kids are in a lot better shape than they were before they were hypnotized, after being hypnotized. How long does it take you to teach someone how to be a hypnotist? I'm a certified instructor with the National Guild of Hypnotists. Mm -hmm. It's the world's largest hypnosis organization. Normally, it's to get them basically trained for things like smoking and weight. It's over 100 hours worth of training. And then from that, I offer and other organizations, including the National Guild and other hypnosis organizations, offer a wide variety of training that goes beyond that and a wide variety of other certifications. For example, I have multiple certifications in pain management, uh, in regression hypnosis, in um, uh, just you name it, I can do it. The pain management stuff I've used in emergency situations. I've used it, a guy at a, at a corporate event where I did a show dropped a pool table on his foot, one of the moving crew, and he was going into shock and hyperventilating. And he knew what he had seen me work, and I put him right out. And all of a sudden, he wasn't in shock. I kept him out of shock. I kept him from hyperventilating. So it can be used in a wide variety of different manners and methods. And it can be used to make the suggestions work and last for a long time. That man, because I gave him suggestions, was able to control and manage his own pain for 45 minutes before an ambulance showed up. His foot was so badly damaged, he was swelling up, and it was tearing the shoe on his foot off like the Hulk in the comics or in the movies. And um, when the ambulance left, he was blowing kisses and laughing and not in shock. So there's a wide variety of things you can do with this. I think we're only as limited as we think we are with this to a degree. Now, granted, you can't get somebody to fly around a room or become bulletproof, certainly. But in terms of us improving the human condition mentally and emotionally, I think there's so much more we haven't even scratched the surface of. Um, why isn't hypnosis recognized uh, in the courts? In, in, For example, in Canada, a person cannot be put under hypnosis and the results of hypnosis be used in a criminal trial. There is a possibility of someone confabulating. That is making up stories while under hypnosis as if describing a daydream. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason they don't let you do it. However, hypnosis is used by most police departments around the world to get people back to hit-and-run accidents, crime scenes. I've done that a few times in the past. Uh, somebody's changing a tire on a highway. A truck comes, hits the car, keeps going, tears the side off the car. The car falls into a ditch. Luckily, the person I work with fell into the ditch also. Mm-hmm. I had no memory of what the truck was, nothing along that line of any memory whatsoever. No license plate, no truck name, trucking company, truck number, nothing. I hypnotized this person. He told me the name of the trucking company, the license plate number, the state of the U.S. it was from, um, and all of that. So you can get results in that way if you're looking to bring people back to hit and run accidents and crime scenes or misplaced money and jewelry. I've had a police officer come in here once. He had misplaced his gun, which is a big no-no in the police department. Tell me about it, yeah. So there's always 
an extenuating emotional reason for it. It turns out this gentleman, I believe, didn't want to be a police officer anymore, but he had a wife and three children and a mortgage. So he misplaced the gun. So there's always an emotional reason when you're bringing somebody back to a misplaced item. But I've helped people find um, hundreds of thousands of dollars in a couple of cases, misplaced jewelry, misplaced money. There was a man that came in here, he had misplaced $48,000 10 years earlier. And it turned up he got up in a sleepwalking state, which is actually like from sleep up into some level of hypnosis, but not the kind of hypnosis we'd be using in a session. And he stored it in a crack in the cellar, the basement or cellar wall and had a crew come in the following day and cover it up with cement. So he had to excavate part of the basement. He got his slightly soggy and smelly money back. But the bottom line was he got his $48,000 back. He was dealing cars or something, I mm. believe it was. How about so, you, who are more easier to hypnotize, men or women? Everybody, as long as their mind is functioning well, are easy to work with. I have a lot of female clients that come in here for private sessions. I sometimes tease the men, you know, are you afraid I'm going to ask questions or something? But the reality is I've also had a tremendous amount of men come in here over the years. I'm also certified in pediatric hypnosis. I've worked with kids as young as four and five years old to get them to do better in school, to get them not to be fighting with their brothers and sisters, uh, not to be fighting in school with the other kids, to rise up and get beyond the bullying comments that they might be experiencing. Uh, no drugs, drinking, or smoking in the future. Say one of the parents had an issue with some of those things. No gambling in the future. Say a parent had one of those issues grow, you know, at some point in their lives. Mm -hmm. The idea is that I've worked with everybody, and I've worked with people of all backgrounds. I've had people in here as students from all over the world. I've had people in here from Japan, India, New Zealand. I've had people from Canada come in here. I've had people from all over the U.S. come in here, Europe, even South Africa. And India, as I said before. Okay, but what, when, when, does hypnosis, when does hypnosis cross the line to mind control? Well, mind control, from what little I know of that, seems to be things that have been experimented with by various organizations and militaries, perhaps, where it involves sleep deprivation and changes in diet and possibly drug therapy. Mm -hmm. But hypnosis itself is not mind control. It's all about suggestion. You know, I mean, think about the sneaker ads, for example, on television shows. The kids have to have the latest sneakers or the latest video game console or whatever the latest thing is that kids want these days. The newest computer, the newest tablet computer, whatever phone, whatever it might be. That's all suggestions from other kids in their schools or other kids in the neighborhood or television or radio or print ads or whatever, Internet ads, whatever it might be. So everything's about suggestion, and it's mind control. Nobody loses control of their minds in my shows or in my private session work. No, but and when it comes to... ethical hypnotists make sure of that. All right, stand by. We've got to take our final break. Exo Nation. Our guest this hour is John Serbone. And if you'd like to find out more about John, his website is worldfamoushypnotist.com. And we'll be back as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away.
Are you curious? Do you want to learn more about how the world works and have fun at the same time? Study coincidences with me, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, on my Connecting with Coincidence radio show here on the XZBN network. Listen to Jungians theorize, statisticians randomize, true believers evangelize, while I categorize. I dance to the rhythm of coincidences. People who experience me see more of them. Maybe something on the show matches a thought in your mind. Let us know. Expand your mind to the weirdness happening around you. Synchronicity spoken here, there, and everywhere. For more information, put Connecting with Coincidence in your search engine and find my website, my social media sites, and my blog. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. 
with the understanding none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net. Exonation John Serbone is our special guest. He is known as the Trance Master. His website is worldfamoushypnotist.com. Yeah, I asked you about mind control, and, and uh, you know, before we were talking about children being brought to, uh, to you by their parents for one reason or another, do parents have the right to ask someone to meddle in the mind of their child or to implant suggestions. Where does where this is where I'm asking where the line is drawn between mind control and hypnosis. Well even with children it's suggestions. I remember back in the days of nine eleven when mm-hmm. the World Trade Center collapsed. There was a little boy that was brought to me. And he was in his classroom and his mom was nowhere near Manhattan, but his mom was late getting back because of a doctor's appointment involving his grandmother. And the first thing that the teachers did was bring in the televisions and watch, show these little children. This kid was small. He was in like maybe the kindergarten or first grade Mm -hmm. or something. And it was all these people dying. And all of a sudden, he was waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning in a cold sweat screaming. And, you know, the people that they brought him to, the doctors, whoever they were, were baffled. You know, what are we going to do about this? And finally, somebody suggested hypnosis. And I did a session with this kid, and it immediately stopped. And the following year, on the anniversary of 9-11, the teachers brought the TVs back in, and the kid was screaming again. And I re-hypnotized him a second time, and it all stopped. And I told the parents, please kindly contact the school and tell them to knock off the television. And because of that, um, I was some years later doing a county fair comedy hypnosis show. And this little boy is running across the field with his arms up towards me. And instinctively, I bent over, he jumped up, hugged me around the neck, kissed me on the face, and said, I'm all better now. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And when I looked past him, I didn't realize who he was, because it was a couple of years. Um, His father was running behind him and said, he's a whole different kid. And I get that a lot. So it's not that we're meddling in somebody's subconscious mind to do anything to them. Everything we're doing is to maximum benefit. You know, yeah, better but, study habits, better success motivation in school. But, but, is, but isn't, that, is, isn't that taking away the responsibility of the parent who should be doing this without bringing the child to somebody who can implant a suggestion in them? Well, I mean, they bring them to child psychologists, don't they? It's the same thing. Well, I understand that, and I'm not a big believer in child psychology either. I believe that what happens is parents get lazy or parents who have children who shouldn't have children have children, and this is where the problem is... Uh, is, yeah, but I mean, child sitting up at three in the morning screaming, something should be done about. And sitting there holding their hand, you know, night after night and not getting anywhere, something has to be taken in the way of a measure to correct it, correct? I mean, you can't leave the kid in a bad shape every night at three o'clock. No, in the I, I understand that, and that's not what I'm saying, but, you know, to. To have a child seek a, a, a psychologist or even a hypnosis well, I mean, like yourself. Too, surviving a divorce for the parents. You know, they, it's very easy for a child to internalize that stuff and think, it's my fault mommy and daddy went in separate directions. 
and feel unloved and that sort of thing. So as much as they're being told, I love you, I love you, mm-hmm. when mommy and daddy meet to exchange junior, you know, for the weekend or whatever it might be, you know, there's a lot of fighting and yelling and that sort of thing. So, and children suffer from stress like the rest of us. And children also have insomnia issues. They don't sleep well. So whatever it comes down to, the maximum benefit of what I do with children really is there for the kids. I can't get involved being their parents, certainly, but I can be there to help remedy the situation. Or what if they have, they're stuck mentally on, say, not being able to cover certain math problems. I remember seeing kids years ago that were being screamed at by their parents. You know, you sit down and figure that out, but I don't understand it. You sit down and learn it. You see, it. listen, I've been listening to you giving me these example, example after example after example, and what it points to is the fault of the parent, not the child. I understand, but what I'm saying to you is, I'm not involved in the parenting aspect of these children. All I can do is what I'm being asked to do by the doctor that's sending them here or the parent that's asked me to work with the child. I know that, for example, there was one little girl I work with. Mm -hmm. She was in a a series of fights. She was the new kid in the grammar school on a regular basis. Uh, She was in five different grammar schools for fighting. The mother kept speaking to her, please don't fight, and she'd fight anyway. The kids would start with her, and she'd wind up getting into a fight. I did one session with her, and the fighting stopped. So why are we giving our kids Ritalin if hypnosis is the answer? I can't answer for what drugs people are giving people. I just know what I'm capable of doing, and it seems to work most of the time in a very powerful way. Um, I would like to be able to work with those kids. I'd like to be able to see grant money diverted towards people doing hypnosis to get those kids in a better place. You know, I'm a firm believer in doing what I do. I, I understand that, and I can appreciate it. But hypnosis over the years has been more of a sideshow act than something serious. How do you think this is going to change over the years? We're really stepping away from that. It really is not so much a sideshow act anymore. You know, many psychological professions use hypnosis in various forms. Uh, Many churches back in the mid-1950s said it was okay to work with hypnosis. Um, And there's all kinds of statistics and information I have about that. So... It's to a point where the sideshow act kept it going, you know, and there were times when they were using it in various methods that were, you know, decent and reasonable and times when they were using it inappropriately. But it's now become a science. It's now become a respected profession. And I'm proud to be a part of that profession because they see the work that I do. I've had people in the clinical end of hypnosis tell me, well, you do those stage shows. Yeah. And when I'm raising $200,000 in one night to fight children's cancer, I think I'm doing something appropriate. So right across the board, I see the benefit of what we do. And from doing this professionally, I see the beauty and the power of what we have here. And people need to understand what we're about. That's one of the reasons why I'm an educator in this and why I give lectures and demonstrations on this. Because people need to get out of this mentality they've had from the days when hypnosis was frightening. So why would a person want to go on stage and be hypnotized? I've never understood this. Well, it's being the party person in the room, possibly. It's being brought back to a moment in your life when you could be as a child, where you were on a mountaintop and you were on a plane and you were under the ocean. You know, it's to be a star in the show. And I treat the people on my stages really, really well. And at the end of every show I do, they get clinical hypnosis suggestions thrown in on top Mm. of that. I'll tell them they're on top of the world. They're feeling better than they have in a long time. They're free of procrastination. They're realizing their goals. They're sleeping better every night. And they're living their dreams. 
And it's a lot of things all of us need to be hearing on a regular basis. That's not what's out there in the mass media. That's not what's out there amongst people speaking to each other. That's not what's out there in traffic jams that we're stuck in. I, I think, first of all, I think it depends the people that you're talking to, whether or not it's there, because the people I talk to are very positive and they're not negative and they don't use condescending language to anyone. I think that it, a lot of it also depends on the quality of parenting that these children get. And in the majority of cases, parenting skills suck these days. I think it, if you yeah, take in many cases they do, and I've seen that. But all right, if I you don't. also wait a sec, wait a sec, wait a sec. If you take away the smartphones, you have stupid people. If you take away the smart cars, you have stupid people. We are too technologically ad- advanced. We're receiving too much information and data at any given time. So to blame, uh, you know, to, to, to put the onus on society, I think we have to put the onus a lot on technology. We have to put the onus on mom and dad having to work two jobs. We have to get back to parental values and being parents again. And I think that we'll see a, a certain upswing in society rather fast. I've also done occasional sessions with people to be better parents. So this technique I've actually designed for that because many people who get thrown into the position of parenting have no idea how to be a parent. Then why did they become parents? How to do this? We don't learn that in school. We don't learn to take care of our dying on our elderly. Many people I know. I mean, right now I have an elderly mother, Mm -hmm. and uh, you know she's in a care facility right now. She broke a hip a few weeks ago. You know, you're not educated what to do in those situations. All of a sudden, these things are dumped on you. So, yeah, I think in school and other places, we should learn about what it is to be a parent, what it is to be a child overseeing a parent who's older than us. There's a lot of things our schools should be teaching. But currently, a lot of the schools can't even teach these kids how to read or do math. So in those cases where people have had a bump in the road, a hypnotist can be there to help you and do tremendous value. Is a hypnotist the answer or the hypnotist the crutch? Well, I mean... Is a crutch a crutch, or is a crutch a tool to get you back on your feet? It depends on the person that's using it. That's true. Just like welfare. A lot of people are on welfare for generation after generation after generation. Welfare is a temporary means until you can get back on your feet again. The, min- I agree the minority you. of people no use it. Here. Yeah. The idea is to get people on their feet and get them strong again and get them where they have to go. You know, what about a person who's had the carpet pulled out from under them in their marriage? Suddenly... They think things are going along okay, and the other person leaving, leading a second life, and suddenly disappears one day. Well, you have to. There's more to it than just asking these simplistic questions. We have to look into the reasons why. You know, there's three sides to every story: his yes. side, her side, and the truth. So, yes, I agree. just to say, you know, well, we don't know why that person was leading the second life. Maybe because the person at home wasn't able to fulfill all the all the needs of the person, and after trying many times, you know, whatever the case. But we just can't be so so free and say, okay, I've got a problem, my marriage screwed up, my kids are screwed up, da-da-da-da. I don't want to face reality. I want an easy fix. I'm going to go see the hypnotist. Yeah, but I mean, you get a person who's smoking three packs a day who's medically ordered off to cigarettes because they're going to die, mm-hmm. and they're a single parent. You really can't put a value on the work that we do. Hey, listen, we've got to spend their life 20, 30 years. We've got to say so long for now. I want to thank you very much for joining us, but I've run out of time. And uh, there you have it, Exonation. 
Are you a skeptic or are you a believer? Send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com. Personally, I'm a skeptic. Wait a minute, you already knew that. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in beautiful Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Don't go away. 